your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Sends our reading. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be together again as part of the body of Christ, and what a blessing it is to gather together as part of this family here at, at Cornerstone Lutheran. Thank you for setting aside this time in your schedule, what it means for you, your family, your friends, but for us as, as the body of Christ here in this place. Uh, I want to share with you a parable, and a parable typically takes something from God's creation or something known uh, and, and implies... Uh, and applies a spiritual emphasis to it. And it would seem reasonable that on Palm Sunday, the thing of God's creation we would use would be what? Palms. I'm not going to use a palm, though. I want to tell you the parable about bamboo. Once there was a beautiful garden. Of all the plants in the garden, the one that the master regarded as the most beautiful was a splendid and noble bamboo. Year after year, bamboo grew yet more beautiful and gracious. He was conscious of his master's love, yet he was modest and gentle in all things. And one day the master looked at bamboo and said, Bamboo, I want to use you. Well, bamboo flung his leafy head to the sky with utter delight. This was going to be the day in which he would find his ultimate completion and destiny. And his voice came humbly low, Master, I am ready. Use me as you want. Well, Bamboo, the master's voice said seriously, I want to take you and cut you down. A trembling of great horror shook Bamboo. Cut, cut me down? Me, whom you made the most beautiful in your garden, cut me down? Oh, not that, not that. Beloved bamboo, the master's voice grew even more serious. If I don't cut you down, I can't use you. The garden grew quiet. Then came a whisper. Master, if you cannot use me unless you cut me down, then do it. Bamboo, beloved bamboo, I also want to cut off your leaves. Master, Master, spare me. Cut me down and lay me in the dust, but will you also take from me the beauty of my leaves? Bamboo, alas, if I don't cut them away, I can't use you. Bamboo shivered in terrible expectancy, whispering low, Okay, Master, cut away. Bamboo, bamboo, I will also split you in two and cut out your heart because unless I do this, I can't use you. Master, dear master, then cut 
and divide. So the master of the garden took bamboo, cut him down, hacked off his leaves, divided him in two, and cut out his heart. And then he carried him to where there was a spring of fresh, sparkling water in the midst of the master's dry fields. Then putting down one end of the broken bamboo into the spring, he gently laid the other end into the water channel in his field. The clear, sparkling spring water raced joyously down the channel of bamboo's torn body into the waiting fields. And then rice was planted, and the days went by. The shoots grew, the harvest came. In his brokenness, bamboo had become a channel of abundant life to his master's world. My friends, my guess is you've already guessed that this is not just simply a story about bamboo, but a story about Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. We heard Sharon just read to us from God's Word how Jesus made Himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. This is the one of whom Isaiah had prophesied long ago, the Messiah, who would come into this world not only to be a servant, but to be a suffering servant. Isaiah writes, He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Bamboo was stripped of all of his beauty, split and laid down in the dirt so that he could serve his master. But he served not just his master, but also the plants of the field of his master. He gave his life in order to give abundant life to the field. In a similar way, our Lord Jesus Christ was stripped and beaten, raised on a cross, and died in agony so that He could bring abundant life to you and to me. Today's readings give strong emphasis of why Jesus came. There's a part of us that wants to celebrate his entry, his riding into Jerusalem, what we call Palm Sunday. But how vital it is that we do so mindful of the fact that the road of Palm Sunday led to the path up Calvary's hill. Jesus came riding into Jerusalem humbly on a donkey. In the eyes of the people, he was a hero. And why shouldn't he be? They had already heard of all the people that Jesus had healed, how the blind were able to see, the deaf were able to hear, how evil spirits obeyed His command, and even the dead were raised, as of most recent, the raising of Lazarus. They had heard how Jesus had been a friend to people that everyone else tried to avoid. 
And so it is no wonder that they lined the streets leading into Jerusalem and shouted and cheered as he rode by. They waved palm branches, laid their cloaks down, shouting, Hosanna to the Son of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. For indeed, this was the long-expected king that the prophets had spoken about. This was the very Messiah who would deliver them from all that oppressed them and would finally set them free. There can be no doubt about it. Jesus is a king. He is the creator of the universe. He rules with power and majesty. There can be no doubt about his royal credentials. When it was announced to, the angel, to Mary from the angel Gabriel that she would soon be pregnant and bear a son, Gabriel told her, Your son will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Indeed, Jesus was truly deserving of the honor that was being bestowed upon him that day. Interestingly, in history, on October 29, 1898, there was another man who made entry into Jerusalem. He, he was the chancellor of Prussia by the name of, of Otto von Bismarck. He chose to make his entrance into the holy city of Jerusalem by riding on the back of a white horse. And he was accompanied with such a large uh, army of officials that he asked that a section of the wall of Jerusalem be removed to allow enough room for all of those who traveled with him to enter with him. That is the way that a person of greatness is supposed to enter a city. Stretch limos, bands playing, waving flags and banners, cheering crowds lining the streets, live television coverage. But there's something different about the one who rode into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday. He enters on the back of a lowly donkey. He is entering, yes, as a king, but as a servant king. He is entering into Jerusalem so that he can serve, so that he can help, so that he can deliver, so that he can sacrifice humbly and selflessly. And see, we see it played out in some of the events of the ensuing week. Whether we talk about the bowl of water and, and the towel wrapped around his waist as he washed the disciples' feet, how he gave up his own life suffering and dying on the cross, or how he was on, back, on the back of this lowly donkey riding into Jerusalem. Each of these are powerful symbols of the way that Jesus saw his life and his ministry. He saw it as one of humble service. He had come to do the will of his Father. And the will of his Father was that he would be sacrificed for your sake and my sake. Again, Paul says, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being found in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. 
It was as if in the same sense of bamboo, Jesus said to his Father in heaven, if, if serving means laying down my life, then that is what I will do. If you're familiar with the Peanuts comic strip, there's one of, that depicts Charlie Brown and Linus looking up into the darkened sky, just staring at all the stars that are up there. And Charlie Brown asks Linus, Linus, would you like to see a falling star? And at first Linus said, sure. But then Linus thought about it for a little bit, and then he said to Charlie Brown, but then again, I don't know. I'd, I'd hate to have it fall just on my account. Well, my friends, the truth is a star did fall on our account. There's a star that gave up its brilliance, its lofty position on high for you and for me. Jesus came down to earth like a lamb led to the slaughter. He died on our account. The palm-strewn road of Palm Sunday didn't stop with Jerusalem. It continued on up the path to the hill called Golgotha. My friends, I hope that this truth will hit us again this coming Good Friday as we remember Jesus' cruel and horrible death. I mean, let's understand the picture here. Here is the king of the universe, the perfect son of the most high God, enduring such suffering at the hands of evil men. Here is the God whose incredible love of his people that can hardly be described in human words, being jeered at with so much hatred, nailed to a cross of wood as if he were the world's worst criminal. Yet he went to that cross knowingly and willingly. What humility. What love. And oh, what he accomplished there for you and me when he made himself nothing, when he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Because as a result of that ride into Jerusalem and that journey up that hill of Golgotha, Jesus now leaves us with four significant words. He died for us. And in fact, let's make it a little bit more personal. Finish it for me. He died for me. That is the significance of Jesus riding into Jerusalem. He did it for you. He did it for me. And as a result, those four little words are now music to our ears. He died for us. He came to offer up His life as the perfect sacrifice, laying down His life for every single person who has ever lived, who is living right now, and who ever will live. He came to release forgiveness into the world. He came to take away our fear and to give us peace, the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, a peace that calms us when we are terrorized and horrified at what our sin does to our lives and to our world. He came to make the way open for us to eternal life. Even though the events of Good Friday are horrifying, 
It was in that moment that God was working out your salvation and my salvation. My friends, I don't know about you, but I find it to be quite humbling to be loved to that extent, to literally be loved to death by Almighty God Himself. It bows the head. It bends the knee. To be loved like this gives us a whole new sense of our own worth. The fact that the Son of the Most High God died for you, died for me. We cannot help but marvel at the price that God has prepared to pay for our salvation. It stirs within us the desire now to want to live for this God who lived and died for you and for me. Indeed, this week, God's Spirit calls us to a deeper faith, an unshakable trust in Jesus as we walk with Him not only up the road to Jerusalem, but to the night of Monday, Thursday when He was betrayed, and up to Calvary, and then the road that leads to the empty tomb one week from today. My dear friends, let us join this week with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and the church throughout the ages and celebrate the peace that comes from Jesus riding into Jerusalem and then dying and rising. Let us join with the church around the world, the church at all times, praising God and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, amen.